This is Patrick Patterson, and you're listening to the NTTB Podcast. And welcome into episode 30 of the NTTB podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex, joined in by my co host, Anthony. What's good? And uh, we just so. Happy Easter to everybody, first of all. Happy Easter. Happy Bunny Day to everybody. Happy Resurrected resurrected Savior to everybody. Um, so we just got done uh, watching the Thunder. Uh, go ahead and beat the New Orleans Pelicans 109-104. to Finally a victory in what has been a, a pretty bad week as far as what we've done and what we've done to our chances possibly of not just moving up to num- the number three spot, but also maintaining ourselves in the number four spot. Um, so let's go ahead and recap uh, what we did this week, and then we'll go ahead and get into some some things that are really bothering me about this team. You know, we are what is it, seventy eight games in now, mm-hmm. and you know, if 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 this was happening, you know, this has been happening the entire season. That's been the problem right there. You know, we've been looking for them to improve over the course of the season, and unfortunately, that has not been happening. Um, which kind of scares me heading into this playoff run that I think we're going to make the playoffs. You know, it looks like as far as the chances of us making it are pretty high. Yes, I was 78 games in, and we're still not having clinched the playoff spot yet. Yeah, that's that's something that I did not think was going to be possible either. I thought at least by 65 games in, 60, you know, maybe all the way up to 70, uh, we would have a, a a playoff spot clinched. Um, but it's not looking that way. So let's recap the, the games from this past week. So we're going to start on Thursday. It's been kind of a light week, and it's going to be even a lighter week uh, coming up next week. Uh, so last Thursday, uh, we went into San Antonio, and we ended up losing 103-99 to uh, in a game that was – and this is a theme that you're going to see uh, with the – I'd say the last four games, including the New Orleans games, uh, which is games that are very, very, very winnable and we just kind of choke at the end. Um, so, San Antonio, so we... Well, we choke at the beginning, too. There are games yeah. where we start off slow. In that middle there, we get it back together. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we just we just wet the bed and let it go. Yeah, so so against San Antonio, you know, we started off real good. It was 29-24 after one. Uh, then in the second quarter, uh, they outscored us by eight, 35-27. Uh, and they took a... Um, what a three-point lead into halftime, and then after half, halftime, we come back and we outscore them by seven. So we're up by what four heading into the fourth quarter, um, and then they outscore they outscore us by eight, um, and they win by four. Uh, but the thing was about the fourth quarter is so with about it was about three minutes. Uh, let's see, so about four minutes left in the fourth quarter, Davis Bertans hits a, uh, a three-pointer, makes it ninety-four to eighty-seven, and so. You know, knowing this team, I know that they're going to come back. I just know they are. You know, this team just has a habit of being able to come back in bad situations. But then I also know that once they get close to, you know, close to knocking down the door, they usually mess it up. Okay? 
So of course well, you're dealing with a lot of young guys now in San Antonio. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's know. a young guy issue in San Antonio, but well, but I'm saying yeah, you know, they you know. So so with 107 left, Paul George gets fouled on a three, and he makes all three of them. Hip hip hooray! I mean that's something that hardly happens with this team as far as hitting free throws, and so we got it to 96 to 97. We got to play some defense, and we're usually okay about playing that you know that that defense when we need to play it. Mm. But no, you know, Marcus, Marcus Aldridge makes a driving dunk, uh, 99-96. Uh, we go on the other end of the floor, and first of all, Russell turns it over. Then we play some defense, and we actually go ahead and stop them. And then Russell tries to do a pull-up three-pointer, 25-foot three-pointer. From deep. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bad shot. It was a bad shot. And this was, this was one, of the, one of those games where he, he probably played one of his worst games of the season right there as far as – what we needed him to be, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get into that as far as, you know, this team is relying way, way, way too much on Russell Westbrook uh, playing hero in the fourth quarter all the time. Um, so we're going to get a little bit more into that. But, yeah, he had to do that in this game also. Um, he pulled up 25 feet with about 14 seconds left, missed it. Uh, and that's basically a, a free throw shooting contest from there. Paul George made it interesting. Uh, with the three pointer with twenty seven uh with uh eight seconds left, made it ninety nine to one oh one. Uh but then they fouled Manu, we made both. And, you know, it's pretty much all over but the singing after that. Uh so as far as statistics for this game, um Carmelo Anthony had nine points on three of six shooting. Uh Corey Brewer had fourteen, five of eight. Paul George had twenty six of nine and twenty and three and three of six from three point land. And uh, Stephen Adams, he was held in check pretty much. I mean, he had 10 points. He had 13 rebounds. But, you know, he, he's become a focal point of our offense. If he's not getting involved too much, we struggle. And so San Antonio does what they do. Um, they take away your strengths, and they make, you, they make you try to attack them with, your un, with things that are uncomfortable to you. Mm -hmm. So in our situation, it was mid-range jumpers. Um, and it was just driving into a lane that was completely congested. And so we did not do a good job of adjusting to that, and the results speak for themselves. Russell Westbrook, 7-19 uh, from the field, 0-4 from three. Uh, he had 19 points. He had 11 rebounds, only five assists. And that's, and that's basically the story of the game right there. Um, as far as free throws, another part of the game, we were 14-21. We left seven free throws out there. We only went to the line 21 times. San Antonio does a great job of, of defending without fouling. Um, so we shot 67% from the line that game. Um, and then also, uh, we were out-rebounded 48-43. to 43, um, And they got 14 offensive rebounds compared to us getting 10 offensive rebounds. So that's basically the story of the game. It was a close game, so we lost by four. And the things that we lost it in were, number one, free throw shooting, and number two, um, rebounding, which is – which rebounding should be our strength, wasn't this game. And then free throw shooting, that's been our Achilles heel, our Achilles heel this whole season. Um, so, yeah, so. <clears throat> My thing about the San Antonio game is there was one mm -hmm. uh, section here. So we're looking at uh, basically um, 52 seconds left, right? Aldridge yeah. driving dunk uh, past Steven Adams and just made him look like he wasn't even there. Yeah, I think Adams was expecting help on the other end, and he just was so far over that mm -hmm. he just blew right by him, drove dunk.
making it ninety nine ninety six, right? Yeah, I think it, I, I think we were trying to prevent a three pointer. But, you know, right. three pointer they're up by four. It's almost you know it's basically over after that. Uh, Fifty two seconds, so we get the ball that leads to Russell Westbrook turning, trying to pass uh, with uh, Murray stealing the ball, driving it down. Aldridge goes for the finger roll layup. He misses it. Mm-hmm. We're at nineteen seconds now. We're only down three. We have one timeout. Why not Why drive not the call basket? Timeout. Exactly. Call, call timeout, timeout first. Call your play. Set up a play where you get to the basket. You have nine, 20 seconds is a long time. Yeah. Ask Reggie Miller. Oh, I know. And we don't even need threes. You you call the timeout, you set up the play, you drive to the basket, and you make it a free throw shooting contest after that. And this this team is this team is real good with after timeout plays. I mean, especially at the end of games where you know they may do misdirection, and it, they've all, they've done a real good job of like doing a misdirection and Russell driving to the basket. That's always you know that's basically their bread and butter right there. As far as you know, after timeout, need a bucket. That's what you do, um, and they chose not to. It's, it, so is this on the is this on the coach? Or is I, it's got to be on the coach. It's got to right? be on the. It's got to be on Donovan. This, this is a late game situation. You let six seconds play off off the clock, and then. Uh, which leads to uh, Mills shooting, making both free throws yeah. at that point in time is one hundred one ninety six, and then you call a timeout. Yeah, and then you go to six and then seconds, Paul George. Yeah, six seconds is a lot of six time valuable seconds in the NBA. Why did you not call your timeout at seventeen seconds? Run the play. Mm-hmm. Then oh, you're no. looking. Let's say hypothetically speaking, you call your timeout. You make a basket. You two points. You're looking at ninety nine ninety seven or ninety nine ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Is that not easier in a free throw contest, ninety nine, ninety eight? Yeah, it's it more is? manageable. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been an entire season. Like, like I told I told my listener, I guess listeners or whatever on Twitter, on my followers on Twitter, um, that this podcast was not going to be a happy one. It's going to be a negative one, regardless of whether we won today or not. We won today, yeah. We executed at the end, yeah. Um, but I figured at this point in the season. Games against somebody like the Pelicans, who are down DeMarcus Cousins, we shouldn't be worrying about this. We shouldn't be, and and it's not just that we're worrying about it. It's the fact that it was a close game. Like they compete, they could have won this game easily. I mean, credit to New Orleans and Anthony Davis, who's been playing out of his mind since and he's the playing, Boogies and injury. he's and he's playing with the sprained ankle. Like and and they've been playing phenomenal, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't be. I I shouldn't say they shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. We should be in a groove. We should be hitting our stride. We should be resting players right now. The in, into the playoffs. It, it's 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 been it's been completely disappointing. And then that disappointment rolled over into the next night, um, where we went back home and we're playing against a Denver team that is fighting for their playoff lives. They are literally fighting for their playoffs lives. Um, kind of like last season where. You know, Russell Westbrook went and the Thunder went into Denver, uh, I believe, what, with three or four games left in the season. Yeah. And Denver was still there, you know, still alive for a playoff spot. And they were, you know, they were charging hard. And Russell Westbrook hit that, you know, last second three point shot in the uh, the record setting three uh, triple double game. Yeah, where he got his 42nd triple double. And he hit his shot, you know, he hit the shot. He knocked Denver out the playoffs mathematically. And he also got his record triple double. So this season, same thing, kind of the same thing, where um, Denver comes in and they are they are literally fly, uh, fighting for their playoff lives, and the Thunder 
not necessarily fighting for their playoff lives, but they're fighting for their playoff positioning. Um, well, this this game secured um, a better uh, uh, kept them alive in the in the playoff hunt. Yeah, yeah, it kept them alive yeah. in the playoff hunt, definitely. Um, but the Thunder come out; they're playing at home, playoff atmosphere, and they they just lose it at the end. They don't execute. The game goes into overtime. They're up by, I believe it was six with a couple seconds left. Um, let me make sure. So they're up by. So Russell Westbrook hits a hits a three pointer with two minutes and fifty seven seconds left. I'm sorry. So Jeremy Grant hits a three pointer with tw- uh, two minutes and twenty two seconds left. One ten to one oh four. With this, with the amount of talent that this team has. Um, they should be able to sustain a six-point lead. I mean, I know the NBA is the NBA, and people can hit three-pointers, you know, from anywhere on the court nowadays. Um, but they should be able to sustain it. So next possession for Denver, Jamal Murray, Murray misses a three-pointer. Paul Millsap gets the offensive rebound, gives it to Devin Harris, and he makes the driving layup. So no, we're still up by four. So it's a minute and 57 seconds left. We're still up by four. Um, Russell Westbrook comes down the other end. 20-foot jumper. Misses it. Paul Millsap rebounds. Paul Millsap goes on the other end, makes a shot. 108-110. It's now a two-point game with a minute 26 left. So the next possession, Russell Westbrook misses another jumper. Okay, Paul Millsap gets fouled. Millsap makes both free throws. We're tied now, and so it's kind of a back-and-forth affair after that, and eventually the game goes into overtime. Um, In overtime, we just... We couldn't make anything at the end of overtime. We literally could not make anything. And again, free throws. Free throws come back to bite us in the butt. We don't make our free throw. Paul George has a chance to kind of, you know, not necessarily tie. He, 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 so it was 124 to 121 when he got fouled. He makes the first one, misses the second one with 4.6 seconds left. I know he missed it intentionally, but that intentional foul thing, it hardly ever works. You know, so and Billy Donovan kind of did a little, a little bit of mismanagement of the timeouts. He didn't have any timeouts then, um, but it was just, it's just this team. So this team is a veteran-laden team now, and they just execution at the end and things of that nature. Just kind of, it's, it's maddening. It's, it's just maddening and it's frustrating as a Thunder fan, uh, knowing the amount of talent that this team has to just play like. Like, they don't know how to handle pressure situations. I understand this is their first year together, um, but they've been, you know, honestly, this season, they've been in enough pressure-packed situations to where they should be able to do this with their their eyes closed. And it's just, I don't know, it's just frustrating. You also have something like, you know, a game-winning defensive play. You know, Plumlee's block on Grant. Yes. Plumlee's block on Grant saves that game for them. Completely. Completely. And that's not something. That's not something you want to do if you're the Thunder, right? You want to at least get that shot off, right? Mm-hmm. And Grant probably thought he had this all the way. Yeah, he did. And 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 Plumlee comes back. He hustles down. He gets that defense. But you don't want games to end on. You can. I I think you can deal with games uh, with shots getting off and not falling in, mm-hmm. and, and you can live with that, right? Can you live with being blocked in the last second opportunity? Here's my thing with Grant. I love I I love the season that Grant is having, and I love what he's he, having a great. Season. He's having a great season, and I love what he provides for us. And I think, you know, he's he's putting himself out of our range as far as I think he's played himself into a decent, decent a, a nice size contract. Yeah. But 
as good of a dunker as he is, he doesn't dunk on people. And what what I mean by that is in, in that in that situation, he could have rose up and just dunked over posterizing. Plumley. Was it, it's Mason, right? Mason Plumley. Yeah. yeah, he could have rose up and just dunked all over him. But he does that whole thing where like if he feels any sort of contact, he kind of uh I get, tries to protect the shot and yeah, go soft try, as opposed to Exactly. Instead yeah. of just going up and just, just you know, yoking it on yeah, people. Anticipates the contact instead of just going for Exactly. It. Like he double clutch. He double clutches it whenever he feels the contact, trying to get maybe, I don't know, trying to get that that and one or yeah. whatever, trying to yeah. get that foul call. Um he should have just dunked it on him. He should have just dunked it. But hey, missed opportunity. We lose the game, one twenty-five to one twenty-six. It was a. It wasn't even that clear. You know, it was a four-point lead, and Abrinas hits, um, hits a three-pointer at the end, which doesn't really matter. And what kind of makes me mad in this game um, is the fact that we made twenty three-pointers. That is a record for, you know, the time that the Thunder have been in Oklahoma City. Twenty three-pointers. And we lose and the, game. Lose the game. Like when you're talking about the Thunder, as you know, as as inept of the, as they have been when it comes to three point shooting throughout their history, you know, they have never really had a somebody like Steph Curry. I mean, they had they had Kevin Durant, um, but even when Kevin Durant was here, he wasn't as prolific on the three point. Well, not just that, and I, yeah. and I don't think I don't think our offense was necessarily geared towards him having yeah. a whole bunch of three point shoot uh, three point shots. Um, so we, you know, so anytime, like anytime the Thunder make 16, 17, 18 threes, usually their record is pretty good. Not just that, you literally doubled the amount of three-pointers made by the opposing team. Yeah, I mean, and, and Denver is, you know, Denver lives and dies by the three, and we doubled them up, and we still lost the game. You know, they, they probably, I, I'm, let me see, I'm looking at the stats right now, they probably killed us in the paint. 68 to 40. Yeah, they they points in the paint. Killed us in the paint. But, you know, we beat them fast break points 33 to 13. We beat them bench points 39 to 32. Uh we had 13 steals, they only had 4, but they had 5 blocks. Yeah, but the the points in the paint, the thing with the points in the paint is number 1, if you have that many points in the paint, they're getting in there. So they're getting in there, they're getting around your defenses. They're breaking down your defense as far as getting past the first line of defense. And once they get into that paint, they can do a whole bunch of things. Jokic is really good at that. He is. I mean, he, Jokic he's, is he's really good. He's good at that, and they they have so they have guys that are able to pump fake and drive in, pump fake, drive in, pump fake, make plays. You know, that's the thing that the Thunder lack. You know, we have Russell Westbrook, and honestly, in that starting lineup, that's where it ends because Paul George, for as good of a player as he is, him driving to the basket, it's a struggle. Like he has to do like this back and you know, you know, dribble behind the back, dribble between the legs, and he doesn't get anywhere. It's kind of like the running back that runs, was it north to south, and doesn't run east to west. No, it runs east to west and not north and south. Yeah, not north. Yeah, that type of thing where like he goes up it and runs down and sideline to sideline. Exactly of from end zone to end zone. And like he racks up thirty eight yards on a play, but it's only a plus two. Yeah. You know because he's moving around so much and trying to. That's how Paul George is when he tries to drive into the basket. Paul George is more of a guy who needs space to operate. So he so he'll get you, he'll drive in a little bit, mm-hmm. pull back to get that separation. Then he can see what he, you know, see the field of vision and then go. Only problem with that is that takes a long time. And good defenders know that. You know, scouting reports, good defenders know that. And that's all you're going to see in the in the playoffs is is basically a scouting report and they're going to put the best defender on there 
or they're going to put somebody that knows how to defend that. And here's the thing. Jokic is a very, very good passer. Yeah, he is. Very good passer. Yeah, so is. that guy gets in the paint. He draws a double team, and he's looking for the cutting guy. He's mm-hmm. looking for the wide-open three-pointer. He's looking for the uh, to reset. And he's just, he's just a problem. He's a problem because he's a big guy, so he can grab rebounds. He's a big guy that can that can take it inside, that can shoot from outside. Um, and then, uh, like you said, he has the vision. He has the ability to go ahead and pass it out of you know out of double teams. He has the ability to see cutters. He has the ability to see person you know the 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 open person on the perimeter. And Denver has those guys that can make those shots. Um, so yeah, so we lose this game, and <laughs> so the big kind of like the big thing in the fourth quarter um, was the fact that so. Up to this point, you know, Carmelo Anthony had had kind of a a bad go about it, you know, the the previous two weeks. So uh, I forgot what game it was, but he had was it Boston, the Boston game. Um, he had the ability to basically put that game away. The Thunder were up by two. And he missed the free throws, and he missed both free throws. Yep. Uh, so he missed both free throws, and then um, who was it? It wasn't Jalen Brown. Who? who oh, it's uh, Morris. Marcus Morris comes down, right, hits the three-point shot. They win by one. And that was the game that in the last two-minute reports it says that, first of all, it was oh, a yeah, five-second violation, <laughs> and then he traveled. And then, yeah, but regardless, I mean. It's, I mean, it's still a loss when it's it is all said and done. But. Okay. And then the next, the next time they played um, against Portland, they were up, and then he shot those two ill-advised threes with like six minutes left. He misses those. To be, I mean, to be fair, he was wide open. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, but I mean, in a situation like that, especially against a team like Portland, you want to kind of burn some clock a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you drive the lane. You definitely drive the lane. Or you just reset the offense. I mean, you got a, a, a brand new twenty-four second clock. Just reset the offense. I mean, there's nobody in front of you. Your your guys are there. Mm-hmm. You have the numbers. So you take the first one, it doesn't make. You get the second one. You got to either step up or reset. Or reset it, yeah. So he misses those, and then at, you know, with us being down three, we get the rebound in the closing seconds. You know, he's trailing. He's got, he gets the ball, shoots it, open three pointer. He makes the shot in his sleep all day, every day, and misses the shot. It's long. It's wide. Um, the Thunder end up losing that game. So he's had a pretty bad two weeks. So, come, you know, fast forward to this game. Um, so Jeremy Grant is in there, you know, basically with the reserves to begin the fourth quarter. And he's playing good. You know, they, they keep on playing him. He's playing good. He's playing good. Carmelo Anthony goes to the bench to check in. Jeremy Grant hits that three-pointer with about three, you know, two or three minutes left. And Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony just goes and sits back down. You know, so a lot of people were clamoring for Billy Donovan to go ahead and kind of, you know, the the thing or the thing this whole season has been, you know, why don't you move Carmelo Anthony to the bench, have him be like a you know a quick scoring threat off the bench, playing against reserves, blah blah blah. Um, and Billy has repeatedly said that he respects. Um, Carmelo Anthony's veteran leadership. He respects his ability to hit shots, blah, blah, blah. Um, so basically saying that he's going to stay in the starting lineup. And basically saying that this guy, you know, he doesn't want to fracture a locker room now at this point in the season. Um, but it wasn't Billy's decision. This was all Carmelo's decision to sit back down. He said, you know, the kid, Jeremy Grant, was feeling it that night. 
And he said, I didn't want to kind of mess up that chemistry, so I sat back down. So what do you, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, it's the right call. This is not the first time we've seen Carmelo Anthony not play in the fourth quarter because mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant was having a night or Patrick Patterson was having a night. Somebody yeah, but, but we, night. we've seen where – we've seen recently where Jeremy Grant was feeling it and, and they took him out. out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's again, shows veteran leadership to, for Carmelo to know, hey, you know, it's better that I just sit down and mm-hmm. let this ride out <clears throat> than it is for me to get minutes in there and get back going. Yeah, Car- Carmelo, a, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's a smart guy. Um, and it's sometimes it's sometimes hard to kind of sense the end coming. And I, I don't. And by no means do I think he's retiring anytime soon. Not within these next two years or anything like that. Um, but the game, it's a young man's game. Superstars are the last people to realize that the time that the game has passed them. Yes, or that or that their time is up. Yeah, it's a young man's game. It's a it's a fast paced game, and. You know, Carmelo Anthony, for as good of a scorer as he is, when you start to miss that athleticism, it affects your game big time, um, especially when those shots aren't going in like they used to, and you can't really drive it in like, you know, every time you drive in, you get rejected or you get, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. It's, so for him to do that. It's not as easy as it used to be. No, it's not. No, it's not. And, and for him to do that, it does show a level of veteran leadership. It does show a level of maturity. Now, will that happen in the playoffs? That becomes the question. You know, if, the question. if it's a game where, where the matchup scenario kind of favors Grant over him, will he be willing to say, hey, coach, I'm going to sit down? Or will it have to be a situation where Donovan has to tell him, hey, I'm going to ride him instead of you this fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen situations where, where Donovan, at least early on in the game, mm-hmm. has gone with uh, a more versatile four like Patterson or Grant. Yeah as opposed to Carmelo because the situation dictates that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get eno- enough of a lead, then you bring in Carmelo in that second squad and give him his time and stuff like that. The question is, in crunch time, uh-huh. you know, to going to what you're saying, in crunch time, can Carmelo recognize that I need to let this ride out? Or can Billy Donovan recognize that, hey, yeah. I need a change? That's the big question Because it goes right both there. ways, too. I know when it's all said and done, I think we all understand there's a level of respect. We all understand that mm-hmm. Donovan respects him and all that other stuff. But at the same point in time, you got to respect this team. And you got to understand that you're trying to win playoff games. Yeah. And at some point in time, you just going to have to sit them down. Look, and you know what? And this reminds me of Ty Lue, and I give Ty Lue all the props and credits because he'll sit down LeBron and LeBron – might not be happy with it. he yeah. might not be happy with it or whatever, but he sits him down for the betterment of the game, or he knows the game is too far out of hand. Uh, let's save you. You know he's making smart coaching yeah. decisions for the. You know Donovan needs to transition to doing that. Well, it's not just like when it comes to Ty Lue, um, it's not it's not necessarily LeBron. I don't think he he sits him, but the guys around him. So J.R. Smith. So you know Tristan Thompson. So the guys that you know, that he has helped to, number one, get their money. You know, he's helped Tristan Thompson get that big old contract. Yeah. You know, he wanted J.R. Smith to stay, so they signed him to, you know, that that contract that it's not necessarily that that big, um, but I don't think another team would necessarily sign J.R. Smith to that contract. Um, so, you know, him telling those guys, hey, you guys need to sit, and LeBron James not necessarily saying anything, yeah. But you could tell with Teron Lue, and that's one thing we probably need to talk about with the NBA stuff is that, 
you know, managing a team like that with a superstar like that has an effects on you as far as yeah. your health and things like that. Um, so we move on to tonight, to today. Um, played New Orleans in New Orleans. Uh, we ended up winning 109-104. to 104. Uh, This game didn't get started off very well for the Thunder. Not at all. Like, I was at your house, and I was planning to leave at halftime, and with about... You left about five minutes left in the first like quarter. two minutes left in the first quarter, I was like, screw this, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand this team. Like, I, that's, 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 that's been my mindset sometimes whenever I watch this team, where it's just like, man, you know what, F this, I'm going home. I'm not, I'm not even going to watch this game. Of course, I get into my car and drive for about five minutes, and then I look on my phone and check the score. As soon as you left, they oh turned around. Oh, my goodness. I checked the score, and they're up by eight. As soon as you left, the second unit came in, and they just they turned it around. I hate this team. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I put out a tweet all the time in, 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 those, in those bipolar games where I'm like, I love hate this team. Because it's just like, you know, one second you hate this team because of how they're playing, and then the next second, you know, they're putting together a you know twenty to four run, and they're up by eight. Then I don't know about you, but I found myself sometimes where I'm watching a game and they're just playing horribly to start off. I stop watching it, and then I just get the alerts. Yeah, and they're winning, and I'm like, no, I, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't turn it back on because apparently I had bad energy. Superstitious. Yeah. I had bad energy that beginning, yeah. and so I just wait for the game to end to then see the highlights. I do that. I do that sometimes too. Like I'll look at a score and I'll be like, oh, they're up by five. Mm, should I should I watch? No, I'm not going to watch. Or, like, I'll, I'll go, like, at work. I'll go into the break room, and, you know, we're down by three. And I'm like, man, screw this. I'll leave. I'll come back. We're up by five. I'm like, hmm, should I stay? As soon as I stay and, like, the other team makes, like, a three-pointer, I'm like, I'm leaving. I've done that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're, you know, we're back up. We're playing good. Let me turn it back on. I watch it. They other team score seven quick points. Yeah. They bring it within three. You're like, I'm like oh, okay. Time to change yep. it. I'll just time for me to go. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, I meant to ask you. Did you see the uh, controversy surrounding Anthony Davis before this game? Oh yeah, with the with his uh, unibrow. Yeah, where like so yesterday, you know, so so about two days ago, he put out a uh, an Instagram survey that said, "Do you want me to cut you know cut the brow or whatever, cut the the middle part?" And so of course, about I, I think whenever I voted on there, it was about like seventy nine to twenty one that yes to cut it. <laughs> So then he goes, and so yesterday, yeah, yesterday he puts it a looked it looked like he cut, you know, like he cut the uh, the middle part. So he's talking. He's like, "Yeah, it's about time." He's like, "You know what this is? Just in case, if you don't know, you know what this uh-huh. is." So he shows shaving cream and razor, puts shaving cream in the middle, getting ready to do it, and then the camera falls, and then when it comes back up to his face, yeah, the, the it's gone. I should have known. I mean, completely. I should have known. Like, Manic, the, it's gone, and you're like, oh, man. And then it just ends right there. You don't know uh-huh. what's going on. So then it comes out today that it was actually um, an April Fool's joke sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, I know, uh, man. And it was, it was pretty good. It was good. It, 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 was, it was good publicity. Um, you know, that's, that's his shtick, the, the unibrow. So, something that other, other people you know, would be made fun of, that's his shtick. You know, he kind of rocks it well, too. He does. It, it's he, like, lo- he looked weird without it. It, it kind of did, right? At first, <laughs> it took you back. Uh, I guess it's just rocking it for so long that it just it's not one of those unibrows that look like like damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's kind of one of those that flow and it just it just works. It just works for him, yeah. So so the Thunder basically so the second quarter kind of, you know, turned this game around. Um and they kind of not necessarily coasted, but they um you know, they kept it going from there like like New Orleans was still battling back 
And so New Orleans would get within a couple points, and they, you know, so the Thunder would come back. And they did a good job of executing at the end, don't get me wrong. Um, but just, man, just sometimes the bipolar nature of this team. Like, we won the game, and I was like, yay, we won. You know, there was no emotion. There was no, like, like I was more pissed off that we were in this position. That's That's <laughs> – and I hate to be that type of fan. I hate to, you know, I, I hate to get onto this podcast and kind of exude my fandom like that. But it, that's just that's how frustrating the season has it's, been. It's frustration boiling over from what you saw on paper as being like a dream lineup. Yeah, um, with you know key uh, role players that if they could develop enough mm-hmm. could contribute well to a situation where. These games, you know, Paul George maybe sits out for rest or, yeah, I know. you know, like. Yeah, or I even Carmelo. Carmelo looks like yeah, he needs whoever, rest. Yeah, whoever. You got some guys resting because yeah. we're good. We're secured in the third or the fourth, whatever. We're mm-hmm. secured. We're good to go. You can afford to rest, guys. You know, Chris Paul didn't play tonight. He's been resting. He's been out five of the last six games. Uh, you know, you could do that with your older guys, and, and that's just not the case. It's not. And considering how between two and ten, between two and – between I'm sorry, th- uh, four and eight. Yeah, they're separated by a game and a half or two games. So what was it like? They said uh, so. San Antonio today before the game today against Houston, um, they were in the fourth spot, and they were a game, game and a, a half. game ahead, a, a game ahead of the number eight team. Yeah, you know that's and and say what you want about home court. Like I don't think. I don't think for this team home court is that important like it would be maybe for a young team or maybe like a Portland team type thing. Um, but, man, I mean, as far as matchup-wise and things like that, you don't – you don't you, – your first round, you don't want to go against Houston. You don't want to go against Golden State. You can go ahead and talk about Golden State all you want and say, oh, you know, they, they, they might be, you know, good for the getting there without Steph Curry. No, they won't. You know, whoever, whoever their opponent is, opponent is going to be, whether it's us – uh, whether it's Minnesota, whether it is New Orleans, they're going to smash through them. 4-1, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> you know, 4-1 or sweep. Um, you know, they just have that. They, they they have a champion's mentality. They've been through the championship um, trials before. Um, and I, I think the best matchup for the Thunder is the 4-5 matchup. I don't even want to, I don't even want to face Portland. I hate Portland. Portland is not a team you want to face. They, right they're, they're not a good es- matchup for especially us. Especially if they have the home court. Yeah, they are not a good matchup for us. We, you know, we're like what two and eight in our last ten games against Portland. It's not a good matchup for us. Like people that are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really too scared about Portland. You know, we, uh, we, we, we lost by what was it three or four last time we played them, and you know, blah blah blah. No, this is not a good matchup yeah, for us. Portland is a team people should worry about. They really are. They really are. Um. So yeah. So we win this game, and again, like I said, my my reaction was not a reaction that I usually have when it comes to a Thunder victory, especially whenever, you know, we are executing in the fourth quarter and doing a pretty good job. It, it's just, it's just, I'm frustrated. So I'm going to come up with some, some of the stuff that is frustrating the hell out of me. Um, so you're going to hear a lot from me and then I'm going to go ahead and kind of pan over to you and see what you think about it. Uh, so one of the things that's really kind of bugging me is Carmelo Anthony and Paul George's inconsistencies. Like you can literally have, so you can have you can have let's say five games worth of data. And you look at Carmelo Anthony and you look at Paul George and the game where Paul George has a good game, 
Carmelo Anthony is going to have a bad game. Or the game where Carmelo Anthony has a bad game or has a good game, Paul George is going to have a crappy game. You know, and it's like you don't necessarily need for for both of them to be on fire all the time. But give me the middle ground for both guys. Like I can have, if you can give me a middle ground Carmelo, 16 points. I'm not, I'm not even asking, let's say 16 points on 10 shots. You can give me Paul George with 21 points on 14 shots. You know, and then you give me Russ with 22 points, you know, 12 assists, eight rebounds, and then Steven Adams with, let's say, you know, 16 points and a couple rebounds. You give me that, we're winning most of those games. But if you just give me 21 points from Paul George and six points from Carmelo, or you give me, you know, 11 points for Paul George and 18 points for Carmelo, (laughs) we didn't bring them here for that. We brought them here to not necessarily be superstars, but we brought them here to be a lot more consistent um, in their scoring, a lot more consistent in their play, um, a lot more consistent in how the Thunder managed their play. And they haven't been doing that. It, and especially like, like the last four games we've played. We played Portland, we played San Antonio, played Denver, and then we played New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This was our playoff, guys. Like, we, like, the thing with this team has always been, oh, just wait till the playoffs. Just wait till the playoffs. This has been our playoffs. And we've gone one and three. You go one and three in the playoffs, guess what happens to you? You get eliminated pretty quickly. You know, so, you know, it's all about building habits. And this team has not built good habits. Their offense is very stagnant. They're all, you know, I don't necessarily want, I know it's not going to be a Golden State offense. I know it's not going to be a San Antonio offense, but give me more movement, man. Like literally the only offensive play we have is rush drive and kick out. Mm. Rush drive, you know, give it to Steven. Rush drive and go to the basket himself. That's it. That's all we got. We don't have any, any off ball action. We don't have any screens by Russ. We don't have anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating, and I think those things like that lead to Carmelo Anthony, lead to Paul George, having inconsistent play. I don't know. What you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I wasn't hoping for superstar Carmelo Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in for 15 years. We saw that, you know, he's starting on the downside of his career. Yeah. I get that. <clears throat> Paul George, we're still hoping to capitalize on his prime. Um, so, you know, Paul George, I'm ex- I was expecting to give us about 20, 20 plus points a night, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> What's frustrating to see is that, and it's not necessarily the fact that Carmelo's not hitting shots, it's that we're not adjusting to the fact that Carmelo's not hitting shots. No, because we still feed it to him. Because we still feed him the ball, we still give him in, and we still leave him in there. Yeah. We still leave him in there. If Carmelo's having an off night, which it happens, Mm-hmm. Get him out the game. Yeah. And, Give and, somebody else a shot uh, and then bring him back later. And, and the thing with his – so the, the differences between Carmelo's off, sh- uh, off nights and Paul George's off nights is that Carmelo, for the most part, if he's not scoring, he's generally not giving you anything else. Paul George, on the other hand, if he's not scoring, he can rack up six, seven assists. He can rack up, 
you know, a couple, a couple steals, you know, yeah, a couple steals, a couple, you know, a couple deflections, so on and so forth on the other end and, kind of, you know, get into transition offense and things of that nature. Uh, but Carmelo Anthony, number one, he be, you know, if he's not hitting on the offensive end, he doesn't do much of anything else. And then on the defensive end, he becomes a liability. You know, he is a liability on the defensive end. Um, and so that is on Donovan. That's on Donovan to go ahead and kind of see this and make the adjustments, in-game adjustments that need to be made. Um, and that's always been the critique of Donovan is that, and, and honestly, Scott Brooks also, that's always been the critique of both of them is that in-game, they don't necessarily adjust as quickly as maybe after the game. So by that's the, why in By a pl- the time they make the adjustment, it's too late. Yeah, and that's why in a playoff series, uh, Billy Donovan did such a great job with the San Antonio series a couple years ago where first game we got beat by like 30, and then he kind of, I guess he saw a wrinkle where, you know, the whole Steven Adams and his canner thing worked out. And so he put them in there a lot more, and we went on to win that series. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the next series against Golden State. You know, he had he played some weird lineups where he had, like, Ibaka at center, and he had, you know, was it Deion Waiters at the two, Andre Robertson at the three, yeah. that, you know, those types of things. Um, so he did a great job there. But his in-game stuff still needs work, man. It still needs refining. And another thing I don't understand – is even with their inconsistencies, which it, it's weird because you have a low and then you have a super high. He goes off for 42 points, you know, mm-hmm. eight rebounds or whatever. Um, you see that when George is the only guy with the second unit. Sometimes it just doesn't work. It just it's, it feels off. Yeah. Why not put Carmelo in with the second unit and see what he does? And he, I think he's, I think he did that today, and it, and it looked okay. I mean, it looked okay. I think that's a better opportunity for Carmelo to do what he does. Yeah. Uh, with the second unit, than than George. Not to say that you couldn't do it with George, because there's sometimes where it just clicks, mm-hmm. where Felton is is feeding George the ball. George is making moves. Everybody's hitting. Well, hell, and I- there's sometimes where it just, for whatever reason, George is bringing the ball up and running the offense, and it's just not. It's just not working. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just not working. Like, like there are times when it's the all bench unit out there, and they're like putting they're a run together and playing I, better than and the I'm starters. Like, and I'm like, crap, he's gonna bring the starters in. It shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. I should not. I should not be hoping that Westbrook, George, and Anthony don't come in the game. You know, it should be like, okay, bench, good job. Here comes the starters. Oh yeah, we're about to build this lead. And it doesn't go that way. I, I, I've never, in the past 30 games, I've never felt that. What gets me, too, is that, and this has been my frustration with Donovan, um, it seems like whoever's got the hottest hand, that guy's coming out of the game <laughs> yes. for the bench unit. <laughs> Raymond Felton nails two threes. Here comes Westbrook. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, I know. Uh, I t- uh, you know Jeremy Grant hits a three-pointer and then gets a dunk. Get Carmelo in there. <laughs> Here comes Steven Adams. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, like, man. It, it just, just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. Okay, so that's one thing. So the Carmelo Anthony and Paul George inconsistencies, that's one thing that's bothering me. So number two on my list. I have a couple. Number two on my list. Steven Adams disappearing in the second half. Now, I know this is not usually Steven Adams' fault. You know, I know that he can have a big first half, and then in halftime, the other team makes adjustments, probably closes down the middle, packs the paint more, and so the lob, and so the little dish um, after a drive, you know, dribble dive, a dribble drive dish um, from Westbrook to him, they're not there anymore. But here's the thing: Stephen Adams' uh, back to the basket game 
It's gotten pretty good. His front of the basket game has gotten good. Well, no, yeah, but but like, like he can ask for the ball in the post, yeah, like old school style, and make a move, yeah, and usually comes out with a couple points. Yeah, usually comes out with two points there. He has a nice little hook shot, a nice little jump hook. You know, he does that whole thing where like he spins the guy, and he dunks him. Like he his his offensive repertoire is getting to where the it's getting to the point where. He's not just a rim runner. He's a great rim runner. Don't get me wrong, um, but his shot is starting to get you know has starting to have a little bit of finesse to it. He's borrowed that Ennis Canner up and under move. Ka- yeah, kind of times. that that type of stuff. And like his little shot put shot is uh, it's looking good. I mean, you, when he sh- when he shoots it up, I'm thinking it's going in almost every time. So while I understand that the that the offense that the defense may adjust at halftime. Steven Adams is still an option by himself. Steven Adams is still an option as a back-to-the-basket player, and I don't think the Thunder have exploited that enough. That one, to me, is a multi-factor thing. There's been games where they just don't get him the ball in the second half period at all whatsoever. Yeah. There's been games where he's taken eight shots in the second half, and he's only made two or one. Uh, And then there's just games where he's hot, He's asking for the ball, mm-hmm. and they're just not. It's almost like he's invisible. He's almost like a last option. Yeah, like that's the, very true. In the second half, in the first half, he's a priority. Mm-hmm. You know that that two man game has developed substantially between him and Westbrook, him and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like you said, his shot put shot is in there. Uh, he's his front to the basket moves, yeah. or he's you know in about a twelve foot range. He. Eight out of ten times he's gonna make that shot. It's it's there, and they make it a they mm-hmm. make it a priority. And like you said, the second half maybe you got some defensive adjustments, but he's still open. He's still there, and it's just like that's the last option. And, and, we need to get other guys going first. And it and it deals it deals with his his un, unselfish nature also. Like he's the perfect teammate for Russell Westbrook because he doesn't really care about his stats. He cares about winning, and he cares about doing what needs to be done to help out maybe the superstars around him. And that's his problem is that he doesn't see himself as a potential superstar. And so with that, he doesn't ask for the ball. He doesn't say, well, you know, I did have 14 points in the first half. How the hell did I end up with just 18 to finish out the game? You know, that's on you guys to not get me the ball. And that's not in, that's not in his character to do that. And I wish it was. Not necessarily to be, you know, downing his teammates, but do you saying, "Hey, get me the ball"? Being more a little, get me being, the ball. Being more assertive without yeah. necessarily causing a storm. So that's one thing that I would like to see from him, maybe into next year. Which sadly, you know, you know, we it's something I would love to see this year. Um, but it may be something that has to wait until next year to where maybe he develops a comfort level to ask for the ball, to say, "Hey, give me the ball. I'm open," or "Give me the ball. I can take this guy." And Westbrook notices that. But like I said. Whenever the team adjusts and they close off that lane or they pack more bodies into the paint, I mean, he, he, he still gets a little bit kind of jittery. Um, he's become a pretty good passer out of, out of, the, uh, out of the post. He has. Um, so, I mean, that's something that it's a developing trend, and it's something that I hope um, they continue to exploit his ability to be an offensive weapon in the second half of games and hopefully into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is a weapon. I mean, there's a lot of teams that don't have a center that can handle Steven Adams. Um, you're talking about Minnesota. 
every time Minnesota plays against us, yes, Carl Anthony Towns has a big game, but guess who else has a big game? Steven Adams. Yeah. So, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has to work on both ends of the floor uh, in that game. So in a, in a seven-game series, if you're going against Minnesota and you have somebody like Steven Adams that's causing him to work, he could tire down in games four, five, six, or seven they also because try, of that. They try to put uh, Gibson on him sometimes to give Towns – Exactly, yeah. and, and I think when they do that, he takes advantage of yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, so so it's something that hopefully um, they're able to take advantage of. Now, I do know that Steven Adams sometimes, as far as free throws go, he misses quite a few. So he can get fouled, you know, quite a few times and then miss, you know, 60% or you know, 50% of those free throws. Um, but still, I, I do think that he's an option, and I think that the Thunder have not taken advantage of that in the second half of games. Something they haven't exploited. I agree. Yeah. So, number three, Jeremy Grant and Alex Abrinas not getting enough minutes. And this is something that, like, Jeremy Grant, yes, you know, he's, he's shown and proved that, you know, he's basically our sixth man. Yeah. You know, um, he's shown and proved what he can do. He's doing a great job of it. And I think he actually deserves a little bit more time on the floor, maybe for Carmelo, uh, maybe in some situations for Steven Adams. Uh, but I do think he deserves, you know, maybe even sometimes for uh, Corey Brewer as a two. Uh, but I do think he deserves more minutes. And honestly, Alex Abrinas too. You know, I've I've had my qualms with Alex Abrinas this season as far as his defensive abilities. Uh, but he has seemed to have cleaned that up quite a lot. And anytime he's on the floor, even if he doesn't hit a shot like lately, he's still providing the floor spacing, and he still usually ends up with like a plus ten. Like he usually leads the team in like plus minus category because when he's in there, defensive defenses do have to pay attention to him, and so that opens up the lane for Westbrook, that opens up the lane for George, um, and so they get easier shots and they make more shots. Uh, but I do think the whole Ferguson Abrinas thing, Ferguson didn't see any minutes in this New Orleans game, Abrinas did. I do think that's something that maybe as we progress towards the playoffs you're going to see more of i think i think they're starting to feel more comfortable with abrinas i've noticed that abrinas in the second half is not afraid to shoot no he's not he makes you get him the ball i've seen a couple uh, he reminded me of anthony morrow today Mm -hmm. you know that ball never even left his eyesight on a corner three he literally got the pass and shot it it didn't go in it kind of rimmed out but he's not afraid to take the shot anymore as he was before and and his defense is not great but it's better it's better and it's, it's not, a it's, lot better. It's not. It's not as liable. Yes, I mean he a lot, a lot more team defense when he's in there, but he's trying. Yes, he's he's putting forth the effort. He's not letting himself get beat necessarily. Like you said, guys have to account for him because he has hit big shots. He's he, hit back to back three pointers. He has big range. Like to, he's he's hit a couple three pointers like like twenty eight, twenty nine feet out from deep. Uh, I mean he's hit some three pointers to keep us in games or yep. keep the lead. Uh, so people have to account for him. I just—it's weird because he only gets like six minutes a night, or yeah, he like he's like so so Paul George. So I I think Donovan did a little different thing with the lineup today, uh, where he took George out. I think at the six minute mark of the first quarter, and he brought him back in with the two minute mark at the two minute mark instead of leaving him the fourth the full first quarter. Um, but Abrinas, I think Abrinas is the anti George in that Paul George has always said, "Hey, I need you know I need a long." period of time to get my rhythm you know so the 12 the full 12 minutes of the first quarter type thing um, and I think Abrinas is kind of the opposite where man I would love to see him get a little bit more minutes to get maybe more of a rhythm um, but he's still able to hit them even when he's in there like for six you know five six seven minutes and that's about it yep. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think you're starting to see the playoff lineup probably heading. You know, probably these next couple games, you're going to see uh, more of a tough, a different substitution pattern from Donovan. Um, and, and you know, like Terrence Ferguson has been the guy that he's been the zombie on this team. And what I mean by that is. Everybody thinks that he's his playing time is going to be, you know, oh, we got Corey Brewer. Okay, all that means is that, you know, Terrence Ferguson's minutes are going to get cut now. He's probably going to play in the D-League more, and so we have somebody that can take his minutes. No, his minutes have shot up lately. Um, and so I, I, I like what the rookie has done, um, but I do think in this time of year, you need to play your, your veterans more. And I know Arenas is just a second-year player, um, but he has played big big games in Europe. You know, he's played big games before. And so I don't think the moment necessarily scares him, as opposed to Ferguson, who I don't think the moment scares him either, but I, I just don't think he, just he has the experience. Just yeah. doesn't know any better. He doesn't those, know any better, yeah. In those types of uh, situations. So my next point, so number four. This is one you've been hammering on all season. Who did Josh Eustace piss off? <laughs> Man, it's, so here's a guy that whenever Robertson went out and before we got Brewer, you know, I'm thinking this guy's going to start, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, he plays good defense. Offensively, yeah, he has his, you know, he, he has his things where, like, you know, he may hit a three, he may not hit a three. Like, he basic, he's basically Robertson-like when it comes to three-pointers, and he's basically Robertson-like when it comes to, like, lobs and things. Like, he can catch lobs and just dunk on anybody. Um but man, he's you. Can, you basically put him on a milk carton now. I don't know where the hell he's at. He's uh, not getting any playing time, which is surprising. not at all. Especially when you're down like 15. What else are you gonna do, right? Like at this point in time, some games you're down 15, 20 points. You might as well throw something on the wall and see what sticks. And, well, I mean, and he's the guy that doesn't come off the bench. And the thing is, like any time he's in the game, something good happens. Like usually, you know, he plays good defense. He's a long defender. Um, he's a he's a strong guy. He's, he's a guy that can go up and block shots, you know, from the perimeter that can go, you know, kind of sink down into the into the interior and block some shots, you know, off the ball. It's 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 just it's the story of Josh Houston. He's the guy that you and I look at and we're like, we're gonna be facing him next year and be like, man, we had that guy on our team. Well, yeah, we're gonna be facing him and he's gonna you know he's gonna be averaging eight points a game. He's gonna be playing great defense. You know, he's gonna be just uh kind of like a, a just a nuisance out there on the perimeter as a defender and it's just going to be like why the he- why didn't we use him like that we had we had 3 years to do it i understand the first year i understand that we still had Durant we still had you know that that you know that team yeah but his second year was the was the Durant left Westbrook MVP season i mean that was a season to see what you had in him and then this year i, I just his hand, the handling of Houston has always been an issue with me with this organization, and it's it's just the kid. He has a niche in this league, he has a role in this league, and we just don't take advantage of it. Like I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not necessarily touting that he's going to be a superstar. Don't get me wrong. I know he's just a role player, but he could be a very useful role player. And we just we we play him for like a a, a five game stretch, and then. I, does he cuss somebody out? Does he pee on somebody's lawn? Does he? I don't know, man. He just then he's back to Kyle Singlerville. He exactly. He make it makes no sense at all. Uh, my next point: honeymoon Corey Brewer was fun. 
it was really fun whenever was he was hitting all his corner threes, whenever he was just out there just smiling and just big old smile. And, man, I wish that – I, I miss that Corey Brewer because now he's still having okay games. Don't get me wrong. But the corner threes aren't falling like they used to. And he still has the energy, but it's not translating into transition opportunities. It's not necessarily translating into uh, fast break, fast break bus- buckets on its own. Um, so yeah, so Cor- you know, honeymoon Corey Brewer, we do miss you. If you want to return, please do. Please, please come back. Please come back. We're, we're waiting for you. Open arms, okay? Um, another issue I've had with this team: Russell Westbrook having to take over in the fourth quarters. I thought that having Paul George and having Carmelo Anthony on the team would alleviate some of that pressure. Yes, would alleviate some of that. And it's just, man, if Russell Westbrook does not have it in the fourth quarter, this team looks terrible. No way. Just go back to the San Antonio game. That that three pointer that he shot. The, the, what, whole, the whole fourth quarter, but, though, he yeah, didn't have but, so turnovers and stuff like that. More, more important, you know, but like in closing situations where you're trying to tie the game and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he shoots that deep three pointer and it's just way off. And then he's forced into another three pointer with only three seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah, also a deep three and it's just way off. And he just, you know, I think he ran up to the rim and kind of slapped the backboard, you know, the padding yeah. on the thing out of frustration. And you know, when he's forced to take over the fourth quarter. And he's off. It's bad. It is bad. It, it is, and and like you would think that having somebody like George on the team, I wouldn't necessarily include Carmelo on in this, but having somebody like George on the team, like, hey, if I'm having an off night, try to do what you can. You know, if you if you notice that I'm having an off night, try to do what yeah, you can. Take it. I'll feed you. Take yeah. Take it, or you know, just go ahead and you know, I'll, I'll take it from here. You know, I'll, no, none of that, man. Like I, I have yet to see a fourth quarter. Where I'm like, oh yes, Paul George is doing this. He's no, I have not seen that. I've not seen that from Melo. It's been all Russell Westbrook. So it's basically like last season. But with these players that I, w- I thought were going to be, you know, not necessarily superstars, but we're going to be better than Victor Oladipo, DeMontis Sabonis, and Ennis Kanter, and Doug McDermott. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, it's just that that has been one of the big, biggest frustrating things to me this season is that, you know, Russell Westbrook is still having to be the Russell Westbrook from last season when it comes to clutch time situations. And then it becomes a catch-22. Everybody's like, oh, Westbrook shoots too much. Because he has to. But he has to. Exactly. But then when he doesn't shoot enough, it's like, oh, Westbrook let that game get out of way. Get yeah. Out of, you know, Why it, didn't you take over? It's a catch-22 <laughs> for him. But the point is is that I think they're tired. I think they're tired. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, they've had to play the entire season. And, like, whenever this season first started, I thought there were going to be games where this team – is up by 25 points at the end of the third quarter, and the starters all get to rest. We haven't had hardly enough of those games. Well, but it, that comes up to the next point, which is my main staple. My main, Because even if we were up 25 points, <laughs> Paul George would still be in the damn game. <laughs> and so the next point is Billy Donovan's inconsistent lineups. And so <laughs> I think I'm going to let you take this up one. Up by 25. Paul, I mean, we've seen it. Up by 20, Paul George is still in the game. Yeah, in the it. fourth quarter. Yeah. It makes no damn sense. Yeah. It, it. And then you, you, you substitute Jeremy Grant in for Carmelo no, Anthony. Yeah. 
he has off nights. He has he gets he gets going, and then all of a sudden you see three game stretch. He's giving you ten points, eight rebounds, something like that. You know, he's giving you a nice performance. All of a sudden, his rotation stops. His rotation of Jeremy Grant coming in for Carmelo Anthony stops, and then Patrick Patterson gets in there. Mm-hmm. And then you see a stretch of three or four days where Patrick Patterson comes in, and then you bring in Jeremy Grant, and then that moves Patterson to the center, and then Grant to yeah, the four. Just, and it's just like, what are you doing? It's not, I mean, the the wing situation, the wing. That's been, you know, thank goodness that Raymond Felton has been healthy this whole season. Um, because if if he went down, I would hate to see what Billy Donovan had in his in his bag of tricks that he that he comes up with um, to kind of alleviate that. Like his his inconsistencies with the wings. When I say wings, I mean Ferguson, Abrinas, and Houston's. <laughs> And Brewer now, I mean, it's been atrocious. It has been like how he's handled. Like it's been atrocious. It, it's been. I think I, I've even seen some uh, some of this in the last two weeks, couple games where you have Jeremy Grant at the top of the key running a play. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. And it, and so the wing situation it bleeds over into Paul George playing way too many minutes this season. Way too many. Like Paul George does look tired a little bit. He does look tired. Like I, I can look at it, and you know I've said before, his mind is in L.A. right now. His mind is in L.A. But in reality, I think in reality he's just tired. He's having you know the whole thing where you play the whole twelve minutes of the first quarter and the whole twelve minutes of the third quarter. That wears on you, man. That starts to wear on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know us not being able to have a consistent. Wing, a dependable backup wing, not developing that consistent backup wing, I think that has been detrimental to this team. Well, you also have a situation where he plays the whole first quarter, and then he gets like three minutes of rest, and he's back in the game. Yeah, like eight what, minutes left in what, the second quarter. He's what back the in. hell? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's killing him, man. He's, 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 he's Tom Thibodeauing him. Um, so, yeah, his, his inconsistent lineups have been – um, have been frustrating, and then with that, along with that, comes my next point: is Terrence Ferguson. Like I like the kid. Don't get me wrong; I like him. I think he is primed for, um, for the future. I think he's going to be a good player in this league. I don't know. If, I don't know if necessarily All Star type player, but I do think he's going to be a consistent three point shooter. I do think he's going to be. He's hella athletic. He's going to be dunking on some. He's going to be dunking on some people once he develops. You know, like a little bit. You know, he gets his handles tightened up. Um, and he kind of just, you know, he's he's learning the game. Though he's learning the speed of the game. He's learning how to defend. He's learning how to defend in space. So he's gonna be good. Well, Don't his, get me wrong. His body just needs to fill out too. That too. That too. Yeah. He has. He's a nineteen-year-old. I mean, he 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 needs to be in a weight room for more than just, you know, half a season to to start developing a man bod. Um, but with that said, it just scares me that Billy Donovan plays him so much. Like literally in the last couple games, he's been the first guy off the bench. It hasn't been Abrinas. It hasn't been, Grant, you know, yeah, or Grant or, or Felton, Felton or whoever, Patterson. It's been him. And he's played 15, 16 minutes, you know. And, and, and to his credit, he's been okay. Don't get me wrong. Like earlier in this season, like any time he came to the game, we were bleeding points. We were just hemorrhaging points. Um, so lately, he's, it's not been that bad. But he's still a rookie. He is still a rookie. And I, I don't know about him playing in playoff games. Um, I, I I just don't know. I don't I don't know if the moment will be too big for him. Uh, whenever 
whenever those lights get a lot brighter. Um, and so that all leads to the thunder's bipolar nature. You know, all these things pretty much lead to the thunder being able to, you know, go up by 10 at the end of the first quarter and then be down by four at halftime and then down by 15. at Exactly. And then continue this thing all the way into the third quarter and the fourth. And it's just, it's just, it's frustrating, man. Like I did not think this team would be here at this point in the season. And I know Andre Robertson went out, but man, a whole bunch of you guys were telling me that Andre Robertson was going to be a detriment to this team. A whole bunch of people were telling me that Andre Robertson was going to be the weak link that could be taken out be holding us down and somebody else could be inserted and it'd be all good no it's proven that he's been the glue to to go more towards your bipolar the on the other side of the scale you know golden state comes in healthy houston comes in healthy uh all these top teams come in healthy and then all of a sudden the thunder are just lighting them up yeah, lighting up. I mean, we're talking about early season. Exactly, and that's Golden thing. State Warriors just lighting up these teams that are currently right now. We, we went, we went to Oracle and we killed. Put it on them with with Carmelo being hurt. That's the game that he got hurt. Like two minutes into the game, he sprained his ankle and he was out the rest of the game. We put it on him. Like Paul George was like he was God Michael Jordan out there. Like he was out there just. I think that was the game Grant had like fifteen points. Yeah, yeah. Well, Grant that did, was the game that started like, hey, maybe we should be playing Grant. But that was than. the game where Paul George was like, "Holy crap! If we get this Paul George the rest yeah. of the season, we might not, we might not lose any more games." Yeah. I mean, this was a game where we were down Robertson. We knew we were down Robertson, and we were now down Anthony, and we still dominated. And you know, the first game that the the Warriors played here, we dominated. Um, the first game Houston played, yes, they were down Chris Paul. Still beat him pretty handily. Still had everybody else on you Christmas know. Day, and we just and it's 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 you see the ceiling, but we don't reach that ceiling enough, and we should be reaching that ceiling more often against bad teams to give ourselves time to rest, to give ourselves uh, the ability to to let our young guys play more, to let it's just you know too many times I've been like, oh, we're playing the Mavs, oh, we're playing the Grizzlies. Oh, we're playing the Kings. This should be a game where they activate Daniel Hamilton or they activate PJ Dozier. Dakari Johnson gets or Dakari, yeah, yeah, because they're gonna probably end up playing. Hell no. There's been too many games against those teams that go into the fourth quarter, and we've lost some of those games. Or we head into overtime with those teams. It's just it's it's just, it's just been we head into overtime with those teams, and then we have a back to back that same the you know the next night. And then I mean to top it all off. We still don't know if Paul George is going to be here next season. Yeah. Like this could be all for naught. I mean, this could be something like I'm looking at Carmelo, and I'm thinking Carmelo ain't going to go ahead and turn down 28 million. He'll be back. You, you ain't giving up 28 million. Nah. And if you do, hey, bless you. <laughs> you know, good for you. We appreciate your assistance. <laughs> but I mean, Paul George, man, that whole thing is just—it's just weighing on this on this team. I think it's weighing on this team, and I think it's a, it's. They may not. They may not want to admit that it's a cloud over well, the team. It's, it's a Durant two point Exactly. Potentially. We, you know the guy, the main guys, Westbrook, um, Adams, Robertson. They've been through this before, and they don't want to go through it again. And there's, you know, it just feels that way. It just feels like, it just feels like Westbrook is 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 wearing this on his shoulders, and that's affecting his game. Um, 
So yeah, so those are those are my beefs with this team, and I don't think they're all going to be figured out come the first day of the playoffs. I don't think this team is built like that no. um, to 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 flip the switch and kind of just be like, hey, it's playoff time. Let's play like you know, like we played against Golden State and Oracle the first time, or like we played against um, you know Houston or or whatever. This team isn't built like that. I think in the right situation, they can weather the storm in the first round, mm-hmm. kind of get right, and then potentially have a second-round matchup where they're playing one of these big bad boys and then potentially show up like they've shown up in the past. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like, like, the thing with this team is it wouldn't surprise me if we made it all the way to the conference finals, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we bow out in the first round. And that's that's been that's been the story this season this whole year. Um, so, uh, just a little bit of other thunder thunder news. So you you so you told me that uh, I guess ESPN released so their ESPN, most influential the to the next eleven players who could change the future of basketball. Okay, and so number so, so starting from the bottom all the way up, you have Lonzo Ball, uh-huh. age twenty, Anthony Davis, age twenty five. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, who's, I think, the oldest one on this list at age 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luka, Don, Luka Doncic, Doncic yeah. at 19, uh, which is the, the big get for this NBA draft from yeah, overseas. Yeah, he's the, he's the big overseas. European player. Uh, Joel Embiid, age 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is where it got surprising and interesting. Terrence Ferguson at uh, age 19. So why is he so impactful? So he is one of these guys who, like Brandon Jennings, Jeremy Tyler, Emmanuel Moutier, uh, have gone have skipped the NCAA and went overseas to play. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference being that Ferguson's potential and the fact that he played in the Australian NBA could have a more lasting impact in the NBA. So you think? It, so basically, they're saying that his journey may be repeated by by more players by more in the players, future, by more high school players in the and future, and the fact that. What he learned over there mm-hmm. translates more, or it could potentially translate better than Brandon Jennings or Emmanuel Moody or yeah. Tyler did in wherever they went. To. You know, like, like so, Will Couch is a uh, is a reporter out of Adelaide, Australia, and which is where Ferguson played. And he said that he that Ferguson wasn't necessarily given the red carpet. He was put on his team and he was treated like a rookie. You know, he was treated like a rookie. He had to work hard. He had to earn his his playing time. And so it probably helped him out a lot more for this season um, than maybe somebody like a Brandon Jennings who went to his team and was treated like a superstar, mm-hmm. was treated like, hey, here's the ball, go play type thing. And so Brandon Jennings, even though he's had an okay NBA career, you know, maybe could have benefited by a more stringent training in that system instead of just saying, hey, here's the ball, go play, and next year you're in the NBA. So the NBL plans to offer $100,000 Australian salary, which is about $78,000 U.S., mm-hmm. and it's funded by, as part of their, funded by the league as part of its Next Stars program. So it's like yeah. a developmental program that they are currently trying to get off. I don't know, or in, in the process where these guys are coming in, they're giving them a salary, and they know that they're not going to be there for long, mm-hmm. but they're helping to develop the talent on the next level. I got you. Right? Um, and, but the NBA could be lowering the age limit, which could undercut NBL efforts. And also we have our first ever 
uh, five-star recruit decommit from college and is going directly into the G League. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Draft. So that could also potentially change people from going to play to Europe to going directly yeah. to the G League. But uh, I can see it, that. It I, sees I that see. Ferguson is the example, and because mm-hmm. of this, and because it seems like it's going to translate well into the NBA, it's a program that could potentially develop and see more stars going to gotcha. Australia. Okay. And then to round out the list, you have Nikola Jokic, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, Ben Simmons, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and then Trey Young from the Oklahoma oh, Sooners. Okay. He's on the Trey. list. Uh, basically saying as an undersized point guard, with the pennants for shooting long threes off the dribble. He's kind of like the successor, the Steph Curry 2.0 per se. Mm. Uh, See, I think I think that's going to destroy him. I honestly think that having to live up to being Stephen Curry 2.0, I think that's going to sap his, well that, well his that's confidence. The, that's the comparison that they have him, but – yeah. Look, he's uh, uh, you know he's breaking new grounds for players of his ilk. He came in and became the first player to lead Division One in both points and assists yeah. per game since the became official in the NCAA in 1983-84, and he was 19 years old. No, I can see that, I, I, but his body type just kind of scares me as far as the NBA goes. And I know Steph Curry came in kind of like with the it, same it body took type. Steph Curry a few years. And to, it took him. It took him a few years to to, to adjust to the rigors. NBA body, but but um, yeah, I, I just think he's smaller than Steph Curry, and I don't know. I hope I hope I hope that he translates well into the league, but I, I do think that the pressure of being Steph Curry two point could build on a person. Um so um that's all I have for the Thunder right now. We're gonna go ahead and switch over to uh to NBA news. So, Patrick McCall, he got – it looked like it hurt. Like, it didn't look like it was that bad of a fall, yeah. but his reaction to it kind of hurt me. Yeah, <laughs> accidentally undercut by Vince Carter. Yeah. And yeah. landed hard on his On hip. one side of his hip. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he said, I guess I guess the reason they stretchered him out was because he couldn't – he didn't have any feeling in that leg for a right. little bit of time. So, they put him on a neck brace, put him on a backboard, yeah. stretched him out, took him to the hospital. So apparently they've done the MRI and so the CAT scans that everything's good to go. MRI reveals no no damage in there. So it's Probably just a just matter bruised. of, uh, you know, a, a hip contusion. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of rest and pain management from here on out. Um, obviously they want to, considering the injury situation that is <laughs> the, the Golden, Golden State, State Warriors, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to, you know, get it day by day and, and see how he's feeling. And um, Steve Kerr was not too happy with Vince Carter during the game. He wasn't, but then he went out there and I guess they, they spoke and, he had his hand on his shoulder, like I, I like mean, Vince, Vince is not a bad dude, like that. And, and Steve Kerr, I, I think in that situation is not necessarily a bad dude. He saw a play, he was like, "Come on, now you're a veteran, you, you know, know better. better." Yeah, but it wasn't like one of these things where, like, you know, oh my God, you're this horrible person. It was just no, more I, frustration, like you know. And I think it was the fact that Durant just coming back from injury, Curry's out on injury, Clay Thompson's out on injury, Draymond, Draymond Green yeah. is in and out of injury, and he you're like Patrick hurt. McCall. I'm like, I, like, what else can I do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> which I, again, I think you saw that. I don't feel bad for you because when you won your first championship, everything went right for you, and you were like, "Hey, don't blame us because we not all just that." Healthy. The the Thunder that was the year the Thunder were completely hurt. Exactly, you know that was the that was the year of uh of seven curses on the Thunder. Um, so next thing on the list this is Kawhi Leonard situation. This is just getting weirder by the day. So uh, reports came out earlier today that said Kawhi Leonard had returned to New York for more rehab. 
And then I guess Pop was asked either during the game or right after. And he said, and I quote, when he and his group feel he's ready, then he'll be ready. That's uh, that's just shots. That's shot, them, shot, shot, them, shot, 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 shots. Them's his fighting words right there. Man, just throwing, just throwing glass, throwing, throwing stones, man. And, and, you and, know, and, and, and this is this is preceded by Tony Parker saying my injury was a hundred times worse than his was. Yeah. I don't, you know. So the Spurs are very much a they're very much a very nuclear group. Especially like the the guys that have been in there, so Tony Parker's, the the Manu Ginobili's, the Denny Greens, you know Pop, those guys right there, your core nucleus that's been there since the beginning, basically, they're not very happy with Kawhi. I don't think I, I think whatever bullcrap Kawhi is pulling and whatever he wants the end game to be, I think they're like, look, the end game should be you being out here on the floor with us trying to compete for a championship. Well, here's the thing, in the last. 20 years, I can count on one hand the number of times we've heard disagreements in the San Antonio Spurs organization with a superstar. Yeah, and I think that the only time was, what, Tim Duncan almost going to the Orlando Magic? Exactly. That's about it. (laughs) This is unheard of for the San Antonio Spurs. This is unheard of for Greg Popovich. People love to play for Pop. They want to play for Pop. The guy's a genius when it comes to coaching not just superstars, because I wouldn't even say superstars. Just regular players. Regular dudes and getting more out of them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, him and his, his the just, organization and Kawhi Leonard and the, whoever he has advising him in those situations, they're just on opposite sides of the table. It's just a, it's a weird situation because if you're medically cleared to play and you've had basically all this time to get into shape, and you still don't want to, you know, you're still Spurs, not out there. The Spurs have said it's basically a pain management situation at this point. Yeah, so so if your pain management is to the point where you can't go, there's something else wrong. I mean, it's either it's either it's either something wrong medically, or there's something wrong internally within the organization between these two parties. And the more this drags on, the more it seems like it's something internal between the two parties, between Kawhi's camp and the Spurs. Um, so. It's just it's a weird situation, but San Antonio just keeps on winning. And if it's a ploy to get more money to get a better contract and stuff like that, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because Kawhi's the type of player that you don't even negotiate. You say, "Here's the max, sign it." It's the same thing with Westbrook. It's the same thing with Harden. Same thing with Durant. You know, I know Durant hasn't gotten the max, max, max. Um, but if if Durant were to go to Golden State, whenever this contract, you know. Get to the ten. Durant were to go to anywhere and, and say, "Hey, give me the max." He doesn't even need to say that. He says, "Hey, I choose you." Bam! Here's max of what exactly. I can offer you. LeBron, same thing with LeBron. It's, it's it's weird. You're like, "Oh, all right, Kawhi, you want more money? What did you do this season? I played seven games." Okay, you know, it's, it's like San, like 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 if it would have been a situation where yes, San Antonio, where he was readily hurt, not cleared to play, and he played seven seven games this year. San Antonio would have still because he has the ability to sign the supermax that you know the the, the, the five year two hundred one million dollar contract after this season. He could have played seven games this season, been hurt. San Antonio would have still put that on the table and said, "Here you go, buddy." Yeah, and I'm not one to I'm not trying to get in anybody's pockets. Kawhi, you get as much money as you feel you deserve, but you were going to get I'm it regardless. Exactly. I just looking from the outside, I think that was something that's almost guaranteed for you to be offered. A max deal, considering yeah. how 
ain't too many max players on San Antonio's salary as it is. A lot of these guys, a lot of these older guys that we are ain't too many big max money. players in the league, but Kawhi is one of them. Well, yeah, but I'm saying you know, there's not a whole lot of money on big money because yeah. a lot of these guys are aging out or they renegotiate their contracts to make it more friendly to the Spurs to get more players. I think what's going to happen is, so I think, you know, I think, I don't think he plays anymore this season. And I think at the draft, I think they trade him. And then, of course, San Antonio, San Antonio, they're going to trade him to a team high in the draft. They're going to get a good draft pick, and they're going to draft another superstar. R.C. Buford, um, if you're listening, you and Sam Presti go way back. <laughs> hey, I just give him a they, phone call. They ain't getting no draft pick from us. I mean, look, <laughs> we, we can work out something. Just give us a phone call. Just give us a phone call. Hey, maybe maybe uh, Paul George opts into his deal, and we can go ahead and send Paul George over there and get I mean, Kawhi. You, you want Terrence Ferguson? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you Paul George Fer- and Terrence. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to keep Paul, but you want Terrence? You want Terrence and Andre? I mean, I'll take Kawhi more than uh, Paul. I'll tell you that much. I, I, you know, it is what it is. All right, so um, so our boy, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. So, number one, he hates blog boys, so... Hey, so he how did, you doing, Kevin? He, he did a podcast with Bill Simmons, of formerly course. of Grantland, now God, currently of. I hate that dude. Uh, the rival, I, I he has something undisputed new or undefeated no, or some it's crap some, like it's that. Something new, uh, and so it was a it was a long podcast. I want to say it was almost like a three hour. So it was broken down in like to two segments mm-hmm. or whatever. Which is what this podcast is going to be about three hours <laughs> this time. But And I haven't heard it yet, but I was listening to Will Kane talk about it. And basically, the one thing that stuck out in Bill, uh, Will Kane's mind was that Durant takes note of everybody that criticizes him. And he went out of his way to answer a question and somehow turn it into uh, him talking about the blog boys, which he calls basically all media members yeah. and anybody that covers the team. And he and I guess he goes on to call people by name, but he'll go out of his way. You know, they'll ask him like, hey, you know, what do you like to do when you get to a new city? And somehow it ends up being about the blog boy. It's amazing, man. It's, a, it's amazing that like this guy flip flops so much. Like, so he'll go in a phase where he'll get ejected in three of the last 10 games and he'll go to the media and be like, you know what? I've been acting like a true a-hole. I need to stop doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then he's out for an injury and he comes back and he's like, you know, Oh, you know, forget the media, you know, the media, he's, he's, he's once again, I say he's a lot more like Donald Trump than he wants to lead on to be. So before this season, how many times was he ejected in his career? Never, maybe once. One time, maybe once. One time, and he's leading the ejections this year with five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so he comes back from injury, and, and the game tossed, that he comes back, he's tossed from half. it in the first half because he called the ref a allegedly either a B-A- a female M-F-er? dog donkey, you know, mother that flipper. person, yeah, mother flipper, or he called them a B A N word. Wow, that's yeah that that'll that'll garner you an ejection yeah, right I mean, there. So. Um, you know, but it, it just seems, and I want to listen to this podcast and I want to hear it for myself, but uh-huh. it just seems weird. I mean, we know Baker Mayfield does that and stuff like that, but at this point in time, you got your ring, you have an MVP, you have scoring titles. It's like titles. he's compensating for something. I don't know what he's compensating for, like, but... It, who cares? You should be, and what Will Kane was saying is that you should be secure in who you are, Like you and won, it doesn't matter what anybody else You won else your says. championship, you won it against your biggest rival, who's LeBron, 
It's like you're arguably surpassing LeBron. You've as got far your as the best exactly player. like a lot of people are mentioning you as far as being the next guy. You know, after LeBron, once LeBron starts to, you know, if ever, start, if, if ever, yeah, if he starts to decline as far as his play, um, and yet still, petty stuff bothers you. Like, yeah. get over it, man. But you know what? On that same page, we move on to LeBron, and LeBron, hey. LeBron feels himself more than anything else. So LeBron was like, "Hey, if I had a choice, to to well, let me preface this by saying I'm with you when LeBron feels himself on a day in and day out, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring something else up. But to be fair, he was asked this question. He was, and I mean, so he didn't voluntarily. Who would you vote for? He didn't voluntarily submit this question. He was asked it, and so he answered it. But I'm like, but it's not just that. Like you see, like Instagram posts." Where um, he l- likes his own stats, l- like a like a like a um, a media member or a media whatever will replay like one of his shots or one of his dunks or whatever, and he'll like all of them. Like it's just like, come on, man, you you're better than that. You're you know, don't don't go liking. You know, it's just it's it's promotional and masturbation. So, basically, what it so is. Here's here's where here's where it gets me. Right, there was a big controversy last week or the week before that. Around the Twitter world, where people were upset with Westbrook wearing his his forty two yeah his, his uh, triple double triple world double tour, tour yeah right it was just a t shirt that he on that had some of the biggest triple mm-hmm. doubles on his all right or had the forty two yeah forty two cities the forty two cities yeah. that they happened in right but LeBron routinely re- he reposts on his Instagram or whatever his own dunks his own passes and that's okay. Yeah. Are they not the same thing? They basically are the same thing. They're the same thing. Why does it why is Westbrook hated on for wearing a shirt? We've gone over this before cuz he's Westbrook and he's a, just, he's an easy target. He's an easy target. It make no sense. It don't make no sense. And then so along with that, so LeBron set the record for most games with 10 plus points. If that ain't about the most made up ass stat I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what I is. I mean, look, he he surpassed Jordan, so. Well, yeah. I it mean, was a sur- stat that counted. But, I mean, first. like, who keeps track of that? Like, who's like, oh, how many points did he score? Oh, 10 points? Okay, that's another one on the marker. You and know. 867. No one keeps track of that it's crap. Like, probably like whenever, 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 whenever LeBron James goes to the Hall of Fame, that won't be one of the stats <laughs> that, they, that they list. Believe me, they won't. It's a stupid stat. Um so Joel Embiid got his face broken in by his own teammate, a freak accident by Markel yeah. Fault. Um, so he'll be out for about a week, week and a half. Well, they said that uh, his surgery went well, so they expect him to be back sooner than expected. Uh, initial, initial assumptions were that he was going to be out probably the first round of playoffs. Uh-huh. Now they're saying he'll probably only miss a game or two. Oh, uh, in the playoffs? In the play in the first round. Here's my thing. Here's and here's always been my thing. Like I know, so I know there's grades to face breaking you know like you had, like you had like the rudy tom Janovich getting hit by kermit washington <laughs> where like he nearly died yeah uh you had mike conley um getting you know in the playoffs a couple years ago the elbow to his they, eye he, right? something happened yeah. to him and like literally like the guy could not play anymore after that because concussion syndrome and just his eye was just all types of jacked up and he couldn't play anymore and so you know this happened to joel Embiid. And so he's going to be out what two to three weeks, yeah, something like that. Two to three weeks sounds about right. But I, 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 I remember that Westbrook had a freaking dent in his face <laughs> from a from a Andre from a, Robertson accidental oh, knee. Yeah. 
number one, stayed in that game, and you could see the dent. Like, he looked like a freaking uh, Terminator. You could see the dent in his face, and it was at the end of the game. He stayed in the game, number one. I think he sat out for one game, and then he came back, and he played against the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's the game where he had the mask, mask, and he did that full-court dunk where he just raced past everybody and just dunked it with two hands, and it kind of like the ball came back onto his face, and he had to adjust it or whatever. I mean, I I, I think Russell Westbrook is just a different type of creature. Also, uh, take note, Joel Embiid, it was a clear mask. You're not Zorro. <laughs> you're not a superhero. Uh, I, I, There's I, no reason why you're wearing a black face mask in the NBA. I I am. I do want to see what kind of face mask Joel Embiid wears. You wear a clear face mask. You wear the Rip <laughs> Hamilton, the Mike Conley, the Russell He's, Westbrook. That's not. Do not go LeBron James with a carbon fiber black one. That's not one. in his DNA you not are to do not, something. You are not a superhero. <laughs> you are not fighting crime. <laughs> Don't come here with that mess. <laughs> All right, so another NBA news, Hassan Whiteside is not happy with his playing time, and he let the media know about it, about his team, and he got fined today. Yep. That's, so that, that looks like it's going to be a, a relationship that, you know, might be coming to an end here probably in the draft. That's, that's not something you do in a Pat Riley run organization. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, and so, you know, Pat Riley, he's probably looking for somebody to take his contract so he can go ahead and maybe do a – a 2010 once again and maybe get LeBron back there maybe get somebody else who knows maybe even Paul George goes back there I don't know um goes to there yeah it goes to there my bad not back there um and so so you sent me something on Instagram um where I guess they looked at the top college lineups featuring current NBA players Mm -hmm. so these would be you know based off the school and so you're looking at uh current NBA players in those lineups. And so just looking at it, so they had, what was it, six so schools, I think? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six schools. Yes, yeah, so they had six schools. You have, so in, uh, you have Kentucky, mm-hmm. which your starting lineup would be Eric Bledsoe, John Wall, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. Your sixth man is DeMarcus Cousins. And notable reserves would be Julius Randle, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Jamal Murray. I think with that, you could just shut it down. <laughs> I th- you have Duke. Duke has Kai, Kyrie Irving, J.J. Reddick, Jason Thompson, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, Mason Plumlee, Rodney Hood is your sixth man. Notable reserves is Tyus Jones, Austin Rivers, Justice Winslow, Texas Te- Longhorns, yeah, Texas. DJ Augustine, Avery Bradley, Kevin Durant, Lamarcus Aldridge, Miles Turner. Uh, Tristan Thompson is your sixth man. Notable reserves is Jared Allen, uh, Corey Joseph, P.J. Tucker. Uh, the Connecticut Huskies, you have Kemba Walker, Jeremy Lamb, Rudy Gay, Emeka Okafor, Andre Drummond. Your uh, sixth man is Shabazz Napier, and Daniel Hamilton and Rodney Purvis are your... Daniel Hamilton <laughs> of the Thunder. Kansas Jayhawks. You have Mario Chalmers, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Markeith Morris, Joel Embiid. Marcus Morris is your sixth man. Tariq Black. Uh, Shake Diallo. Shake Diallo and Ben McLemore are your reserves. And the final one is UCLA Bruins. You have Russell Westbrook, uh, Kevin Love, Drew Holiday, Trevor Ariza, Darren Collison. Your sixth man is Luke Maabute. Amute, Alonzo uh, Ball, Kyle Anderson, and Zach Levine are your reserves. So I think I think so. Kentucky is, is definitely number one. Uh, when you have, you know, Demarcus Cousins coming off the bench as your sixth man, I, I think that takes care of anything. Uh, so I do think they're number one. I think UCLA is number two. Uh, they have a lot of top notch talent on there, 
And then I would say between Duke and Kansas, probably number three. I would say Kansas. I'd say I'm Kansas. More Kansas on three. Yeah, so I'd say Kansas. And then the rest of them is kind of like blah. It's like whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so those will be my top three right there. Um, so looking at the uh, at the current Western Conference standings, um, so the Thunder are currently number five. Uh, so they're number five. So Portland's number three at 47-29. San Antonio's number four at 45-32. and 32. Uh, Oklahoma City's number five at 45-33. and 33. Uh, Utah, 44-33 and 33 is number six. Minnesota, 44-34 and 34 is number seven. And New Orleans at 43-34 and 34 is number eight. Uh, coming in at number nine is Denver. Uh, they're at 41-35, and 35, and they're a game and a half out uh, – behind New Orleans for a playoff spot and the Clippers lost today and they're 41 and 36 and they are two game two full games back of New Orleans for the uh for the eighth spot and so we're getting to that point in the season where um you're going to start to see some X's in front of uh teams so the magic number for the Thunder is I think you said two it's two it was cut down from four to two with our win and with the uh, Clippers loss yeah so and so but I think it's (laughs) I think it still might be three. No, it's two. I mean, uh, yeah, it's two. Matt Pinto said it on the radio. Oh, it's okay. Two. It's a combination of either Denver and uh, the Clippers losing or two victories for us. Got you. Got you. Um, and so, you know, two more. So maybe even come Tuesday night. So kind of looking forward, looking ahead to the Thunders week. They have a very light week. So they play on Tuesday. Uh, and then they're uh, off till Saturday. Yeah, so they play on Tuesday against the Golden State Warriors. And I say light week, but when you look at the teams we play, so we play Tuesday against the Warriors at home, and then on Saturday, so we have from Tuesday to Saturday, we have a a huge break, Um, and on Saturday we play at Houston. (laughs) So, So Saturday we play at Houston. So, with that said, what is your prediction for this week? We've got two games. Well, I think Tuesday's winnable uh-huh. uh, because they on, they really only have Kevin Durant coming back. And Clay Thompson. Uh, is he coming back already? Yeah. I thought he, he was. Is. I, think, I still think Tuesday's winnable. Uh-huh. They're, they're hurt. Um, I think we are kind of rabid in the fact that we know that we got to get some wins yeah. in order to clinch this playoff berth and, and get. So I think Tuesday's winnable and Saturday is. I think Saturday is a wild card because you don't know you don't know if Houston's going to be resting yeah. anybody. Houston, I would. Uh, I would doubt that they're going to rest somebody against us because nobody ever rests anybody against us. <laughs> uh, I, I think Houston already has the number one seed, the best overall mm-hmm. NBA record locked up. They do. I think Houston rests. Chris Paul's been resting for a while, so mm-hmm. I think Houston rests maybe James Harden, um, and in 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 hopes that he doesn't get tired and run out of gas in the playoffs. So I think one of those guys rests. And I think that could be potentially winnable. That being said, more than likely we go one and one. Yeah, more than, more than likely we go one and one, and we end up going one and one. So, you know, we end up beating a a team with Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, and then we end up losing to a Houston team that doesn't have James Harden that's, or Chris Paul. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just so thunder. Like Ryan Hall, uh, yeah, Ryan Anderson. Yeah, Ryan Anderson. That's about as thunder as you can get this year. Um, but don't worry. I'm still a fan of this team. This is still my number one team. And sometimes frustration comes out of love. And so 
Um, still love this team. I, I am frustrated with them. Um, but like any good marriage, even though, you know, you have frustrating times, you're still, you still stay together. Yeah. And so I'm still, I'm still with this team. I'm still rocking with this team. A hundred percent. Still your ride and die. Still my ride and die. Um, so as always continue to thunder up, continue to listen to this podcast. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes. We're now on iTunes. We're now on Google play. And I'm I'm trying to get us onto uh, another platform um, to kind of get you know get this podcast out to more people. Broaden the horizon. Yeah, broaden the horizon. I'm still hoping that somebody here will get our YouTube channel up. Um, but if anybody out there has any uh, any information on how to do a YouTube channel, uh, please send your inquiries over to at what. Montero, Montero <laughs> underscore A13 uh, on Twitter. Any uh, assistance that you might be able Please to help this man out because he has been not he has not been doing a very good job of getting the YouTube channel up. Uh, but other than that, hope you guys have a good week uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Y'all take care. Have a good one. All right. <laughs>